Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Julie Bates with the podcast, Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 252. And in today's uh, episode, we're going to talk about um, preparing for competitive events. Just some ideas, just some stuff to throw out for everybody. Partly because I had a competitive event, like I mentioned last weekend, this past weekend, I did my half Ironman and lived so <laughs> that's a victory um and you know at my not young age uh it it takes a lot and it 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 actually i give all the credit to my coach uh for doing that and so i i thought about applying some of the principles that have worked so well for me over there and of course in the dog world and just kind of passing giving everybody some food for thought on on how to be as successful as you can be you know, some people, like the person that won my age group, who's an Olympic athlete, I, she's been, we've been competing against, well, she doesn't probably know I exist, but we've been running in these things for about 13 years now. And anytime I see her name there, I, it's just like, all right, there's the winner. Because well, she was an Olympic athlete as a younger person and just an amazing, amazing athlete. You know, and there's no chance that, that I'll ever beat that lady unless I go, you know, hamstring her or something. But... So there are those, but for the rest of us, you know, how do we get to be as good as we can and be as successful as we can be? And there's so many dog events and so many things that people are doing that I, I just wanted to talk about some approaches for that uh, to be able to do okay. So I'm speaking to people that are running, I don't care if you're just starting out in things, you know, if you're just running for a started title or a junior hunter title or a certified pointing retriever title, um, or you're going for the Master National or the Grand or the Triple Crown or anything in between, I just want to talk about some ideas uh, to at least make it be um, as successful as possible. And, and one of the things I'm going to throw out first is when you talk to people about that, you know, it's like, oh, you want to do this? Okay. And, and you, you, and you start to help them. A lot of people pull back right there and it's very hard to put yourself out and try and compete because it might, it's frightening. It might reveal a weakness or you might have to do some stuff that you don't want to do, or you might, you know, be advised to do something you don't even like, or you might not agree with certain things. Uh, now we're talking about coming from a good source. So it's very, there's a human nature, and I can't, the biggest people, the reason people don't succeed is because they, they're afraid they will. <laughs> so there's some really good saying about that. So there's a lot of people, they just want to have fun. I'm just going to go out there and, you know, I'll take whatever happens and, you know, and I'm probably not real good for them because if you're going to at least go do it, just go do it well for you. It doesn't matter how you compare to other people. Uh, honestly, it does not. It matters that if you go out there and this is about you and your dog and do the best you two can. I mean, you owe it to your dog. They're giving you everything they have. They're trying. At least I hope you're, you know, working with them in a way that they want to try hard for you. And then you've got to do that in return. If you don't, if you just go out to do something, go, well, I, I just want to enjoy this. I just want to have fun. I want to go relax someplace because work is stressful. I don't want stress here. One of the biggest 
solutions of stress in other places in your life is going over these dog things and you and your dog are a strong team and you do well yeah and i'll tell you that'll make you feel better than a lot a lot of things so don't be afraid of trying to do your best that's the first thing i would say to everybody don't be afraid you know people look at the uh, and i won't bring this up again but they look at these kind of races and stuff that it's been since covid that i did my last one so this is you know, it was like, hey, you think you still can? <laughs> you think you can still do this stuff? Um, so it's one of the things that it, it's, it's easier to believe that you probably can't or it would just be too hard. It's easier to believe that and then just completely let yourself off the hook than it is to go, I don't know, okay, I'll give it a shot. You know, might be very successful, might not be successful at all, but at least I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, give it a shot probably one of the biggest self-esteem builders in the world for people uh, particularly females but for people is to just go try you know instead of worrying about what other people think or what other people say or whether you're going to be as good as you know your spouse or your best friend or your dad or whatever just go do it and when you do it and have some some bit of success or a little bit of achievement that you just did regardless of external things that's a that's a really big positive so in terms of tests for one don't be afraid uh to try and don't and, and when when you when you fail when something bad goes wrong that's not that's you don't quit everybody that's out there and way in front of you that's doing really well all failed all did had really bad things all just almost gave up maybe did and then kept at it and so the people that do really really well aren't just lucky or gifted they're the people that when they failed they took a step back and then kept going that's that's the biggest biggest difference between people that are where you'd like to be and where you are right now is that they just kept going so um that said going into even if you've already been doing them and you're just kind of listening to this even if you like i'm not afraid i do it i do it you know all during the season i don't i'm going to take it a step further how about shooting for being a little better than you are right now how about shooting for actually legitimately improving because i don't think i know anybody any one of us that cannot would not like to be a little bit better so let's just talk about that in, in going in, into our competitive dog events. And one of the things I'm going to say, and again, this is off my own experience, so sorry to bring this in, but it, it really hit home. And, and I'll tell you, when I was doing my thing this weekend, and, I, and it's been four years since I've done it, and I've kind of maintained fitness sort of, you know, throughout, but not the level that you have to do this. And so I have the same coach I had uh, when I qualified for world championships and went to Kona I have the same coach a world champion himself I mean top shelf just top shelf kind of expensive top shelf and and I you know he got to know where I was and stuff and I said this is what I would like to be able to do and he gives me a program and and uh <laughs> some of the things I you know I'm going well, that's not that's not fun at all right <laughs> I don't matter of fact I don't really that's not what I had in mind I would like to do something differently um and he said you know basically it was here do this 
If this is what you want, just do this. He's a real, he's a German guy. And I mean, it's just like, just plain Jane nuts and bolts. The way people accuse me of being only way worse. He just says it the way that it is. And so he said, this is, this is what you need to do. And sometimes it didn't make sense, and so, but whatever. Anyway, so that was the first time. And I'm back with him now to, to get through this thing. And, I, and this time he gave me a bunch of stuff to do. Every, every two weeks I get a new program. And uh, I just, I didn't, I just did it. <laughs> I just, I didn't see. I just did what he did. And so, uh, and I'll say this, during, during my race, now I'm not, again, I'm no spring chicken by a long, long shot, right? I, there aren't tons of people my age even running these things anymore. And so I'm in this, doing this stuff, and it's a long day. And particularly on the run, I'm on the run and I'm going, all right, I'm, I, it hurts and it's hard and it's really tired, but I'm just still going. I am just still going. I would, I would like to feel like I could just stop and walk for a while, um, and just, but, uh, but my body was going. Now nah, we can go. And I, what I really realized, especially now that I'm not, you know, 30, 40 years old doing this stuff, which is way nicer, that I was prepared. I was prepared to carry this out. My only enemy was my thinking, myself. That was my only enemy. If I thought, oh, golly, look, I'm this age, and then we're this many miles into this thing, and it's been all day, and it's hot, and then I'm tired. If I gave into that, then I would have given into that, and if things would have slowed down, it would have been different. And I actually, I wanted that. I just wanted to walk the rest of the way. Um, but instead, the feet, feet kept going and everything kept working. And it was like, geez. You know, once again, the training, the program that I was given prepared me to be able to go do this. The only limitation was going to be me and my thinking. And I strongly encourage all those of us who compete in these dog things to have a the same kind of approach one whatever level you're doing and maybe you are one of the experts and you are the the coach of a lot of other people and a lot of dogs or if you're not I I cannot tell you you need to be and I know that there's occasionally money involved, but you can also, you know, like our Rocky Mountain Pudding Lab Club, a lot of people go to that. We have some real good people with some real good advice. But that's the thing is to go, for one, whatever level you're going to do this, if it's beginning or, you know, your fourth master national, I don't care what it is, no matter how good you are, I'll even say this, no matter how good you are, Find time to be around somebody that's better than you are and get some really excellent direction and advice. Because no matter how brilliant you are, no matter how intelligent you are, no matter what great things in other dog venues you've done before, um, if you get somebody that has already shortcut the stuff that you don't know who can give you some really sound advice, that is the thing to do. And that is, and I'm talking about training, not game day. Not talking about game day. Talking about training. So you really want to have very sound training. Now I'm going to throw out my ideas about what there are. They, those things are. Doesn't mean that this is the absolute only. It's just my experience over a long time. Always, always, always trying to get better and better, uh, all the time. 
I don't care how long, I don't care how long I've done it or how many things that I've achieved or stuff like that. I can get better than I am right now. And if I'm not doing that, well, then what am I doing? I'm taking up space. I'm occupying a position um, and just sitting there. And so I would like to get a little bit better. And so I don't understand anything but that, because why not? <laughs> It'd be better to be a little more prepared and a little more ready and have things just a little bit more the way you would like. And so to do that in our dog game, in our dog game, to go play the game that you want to play. Again, I don't care if it's starting or the very, very end of it. There are some very fundamental principles that you need to have for your dog. Now, everybody, when you start talking about this stuff, they start the first thing they bring up is setups. Always setups. That is, what are the marks that we have set up? How far are they? Are they in water? Are what, what they? They're really into that. And setups are a factor, but not the one that I think people think they are. And I've always said, and I will always say, my experience has been in getting dogs ready for, I don't care whether it's running the open in a field trial or whether it's running the start in an HRC thing. I want a dog that comes to the line and knows why they're coming to the line. We're already, we're, we're not arguing about coming to the line, right? We've already got that one worked out. Now, at the started, okay, maybe not so much when they're young and crazy. It's not quite like it will be, but it needs to get there pretty soon. And it should be as much that way as you're capable of doing. But they come to the line, and they sit down, and they look out, and they know what they're doing, and they have confidence in themselves. If you don't have that, I don't care how many awesome setups you run. I don't care what you do. If that dog is walking up to that line and is worried, concerned, afraid, rather be somewhere else, uh, resentful, any of those kind of things, you are not going to get the performance out of that dog that is there to be had. And so people need to understand you have to have that going in. That dog, one, should enjoy this. Matter of fact, they should really enjoy this. And, they, and even if it's going to be hard, and then they should believe in themselves going up and doing that. Now, how do you get them? And I, at the, I don't care. You're running the open. You know, you gotta, you gotta, your long bird is retired at 475 yards, right? You have to have a dog that goes, I got this. How do you do that at any of these levels? And one it, first is not by doing tricky, hard setups. I've always said you don't learn algebra by taking algebra tests. You learn algebra by starting at the very beginning and practicing the very simple things. And when you get lost a little bit in it, you go back to the beginning and you start with the very simple things and build those in. Because otherwise you can't do the hard stuff. So for everybody, if you want your dog, whatever level you're running, one, you want them to be cooperative. You don't want their mind going to the line on all kinds of other stuff like, oh, there's a bird rack. Oh, I don't know that person. Oh, there's another dog over there. If you don't have their mind going, oh, we're going to go run marks, then that's the first thing you've got to do. And don't, I don't want to hear the excuse, well, I don't have a big training group, so how do I prepare for a hunt test if I don't have a hunt test? <laughs> How do I prepare for my algebra test if I don't have an algebra test? By practicing basic algebra. So 
one of the and the people that always love i need to have a hunt test lots of people around for them to get used to it if you watch them when they're just working by themselves their dog and them are disconnected they the dog is looking around they're kind of bored they're not really focused and that's without a big bunch of people around so i can just imagine when there's a lot of commotion they're just completely unscrewed so and this is true of so much stuff. The t- little tiny details of the work that you do, we, even when you're all by yourself and you got some wingers out there, right? Or, you know, you got the neighbor kids throwing, sitting there and throwing for you, whatever it is you do. So you're more concerned about the marks you set up than those little bitty details of getting your dog out of the vehicle, you know, gearing them up walk into the line, you're kind of, you know, just we're just getting up there. What you don't realize is that sets that same framework in that dog's mind. Oh, well, here we are. This is relaxed. Oh, we're probably going to do that. Oh, there's a, I remember that ditch. And they've got all this stuff on their mind and you're letting them do it. So that you get a bunch of stuff going on around them. It's going to be a lot worse. Gosh, people just oftentimes do not get that. So make sure that even if it's you all by yourself with your automatic wingers out there and nobody around, you're acting like you're at the last series of the National. Really, do not let the dog run crazy. Do not let them go sniff. Don't let them pee 50 times. They get air. When you go into the line, now that stuff is done. There's no urination. There is no sniffing the ground. There is walking up and paying attention to the work that we're going to do. If you stay extremely consistent on that in all of your training, whether it's by yourself in a group of two people or 20 people, you will find that for the most part, that is exactly what your dog will do. But the reason they don't do that at the hunt test is because they don't do it in your calm, normal, regular training. So now when there's more distractions and things, then they're really bad. And it's not because you're not training around a lot of distractions. It's because you've never taught them. There's only one mindset we have in this situation, and it's total focus. So that's one of the most important things you have to come up. And then, again, people get into the setups, right? Everyone's into setups. Well, let's do a let's do a, a inverse, out of order, this or that, inverted this and that, hip pocket, you know, every, especially if you get to know the language and you sound all cool, right? Oh. Everybody loves that stuff. Let's do this and that. Instead of, you know, eventually, you should be able to eventually get where you do do those things. And maybe your dog can do them right now. But you need to be, be able to have your dog walk up, not be intimidated by the fact that it looks like there's multiple gunning stations out there. Uh-oh, a lot of times trouble happens. They're not thinking like you and I do. They're thinking like they do. If the last time they got hammered because they switched but they didn't know they were switching because the way the wind was or your setup was they did they and then they got hammered and and then they're like oh geez and you just take their confidence down yes can you uh, is there time to practice hard things is there a practice time for some corrections yes but before you do that why not let's make sure that our basics are really sound so you have i don't care you have multiple stations if if you're a even if for the little guys, I, you got your started or your junior guys. Have multiple stations out there. Don't make that be such a factor. You can have, you got three wingers out there and you got a, a, a junior dog. All right, so we're going to do, depending on the wind, take the wind into account. You don't want them winding the, the bird in one winger on their way to another. To start with, that's something you have to teach. 
So right now we're just going to do the one that the first one that they don't smell any birds except the one that they're going to go for, and then the next one and the next one. You have them spread out far enough apart. But we're going to teach them. You just go get one bird at a time. Your head doesn't swing. It doesn't matter how much stuff you see out there. You're going to just go get one bird. This should be junior dogs and the most high-level other dog. If they're over their head swinging, looking for all the multiples, you're going to go down, you're doing way too many multiples. You want them to be focused on one bird. And on those occasions when there's more than one bird, when they hear the quack or the gun, they're going to look over at the other one. But we're not going to have the head swinging thing. So you teach them, you know, there's going to be one that goes down. And it's not going to be over their head. You need to do marks that the dog is capable of doing so that they gain confidence in running marks. So, and you don't do all the same thing. Remember, they learn by pattern and by habit. So if all you're reading, oh, the junior hunter cannot exceed 100 yards, whatever it is. So all of your marks are 100 yards. Well, now you're going to teach your dog to run 100-yard marks. So if you're, instead of looking at whatever event you're going to go run, what the thing is, instead of doing that, prepare your dog to be a really good marker. So you can do 150-yard mark. You can do a 120-yard mark. You can do a 200-yard mark. Yes, on the little guys. May not be able to do 200 to start, but they will shortly. So you don't, again, don't train to the test. Train your dog to be a really good marker. Sometimes they're short, sometimes they're medium, sometimes they're really long, sometimes they're really hard. And if the really hard ones are shaking them up a little, end up with a nice short one that they can do. So we're keeping things simple and doable, and we're teaching at the same time. And that's the same thing with running blinds. You know, don't set up some ridiculously hard thing. Get them where they're very good at blinds of all distances. I take guy my pattern blinds, my long pattern blind was 325 yards. This is on dogs right off the tee. It's like, yeah, yeah we're going to go short, we're going to go medium, we're going to go long. You just go and stop. You don't, if you teach a bunch of short ones and then try to extend them, that's going to be hard because you already taught them. You never go farther than this. And then suddenly one day we're going farther than that and you have trouble and you're, you know, correct. What are you correcting? The only person that needs to be corrected is you. Because you've taught them, it, there's a limit to this. If you just teach them, you always go and you always stop and then you always keep going. And you keep that very simple thing, right? Then they can do it. So if you get confidence in the dog with this stuff, if they look out of there and just believe, you know, oh, good, we're going to run a mark, good. And because they do most more singles than anything else, they really focus on it. Now, that's a thing that a lot of people sometimes have trouble with is y you need an, an extreme focus. That requires that you have extreme focus. If you do not, you there's no way you even know if your dog has it because you aren't paying that close of attention. So sporadic focus is not, is not uh, intense focus, extreme focus. Focusing rapidly on a lot of different things with great focus is not. I'm talking about one thing. You want the dog, when they're running stuff, to focus on the bird they're going to go get right then. And absolutely nothing else. It doesn't matter if the bird rack behind them tipped over. It doesn't matter if some kid's screaming in the gallery. I'll tell you, it doesn't matter if some kid uh, runs out in the field. 
that's why when uh, when we had it when my husband and I were married we had little kids we'd let them run out in the field we'd have a little three-year-old just right smack in the middle of everything so the dog just learned well whatever and they ignored things that didn't fit right into the test noise and kids and stuff like that it's just focus on the bird so in training we let them learn just that just focus on that don't pay any attention to this other stuff so that when you go to a event there's a lot of stuff their pad their habit is to focus on one thing but if you always protect everything and you don't you know oh no somebody dropped up birds oh now there's bird scent that's fine i mean don't intentionally put bird scent all over there but stuff happens Teach them that the only thing they really need to focus on is that bird they saw go down. Nothing else. And if you do that in training, all right, then they're going to do that in the test. But that requires that you do that. There's our part. You have to come up totally aware of what your dog is thinking, totally aware if there are peeing over here looking at that and because if you're kind of going oh come on get over here now we're gonna and you're not paying attention to it then that makes it okay to do that so if they're not focusing on coming up to the the line that you're going to run from you have to get them where they can do that and then when they sit down you want them focused on where they're pointed assuming we're not doing the big giant triples or anything right now just where they're pointed and they watch. And again, I'm going to say this, and this flies apparently in what a lot of people do. The first thing out of my mouth running a dog on a mark is not their name. I want them to make sure that they listen for their name. So I will say something else. I'll tell them to sit. I'll, I'll just say something. You don't go till you hear the, the name. So that way, at an event, when everything's very exciting and the judge says dog and your dog's name is Don, um, they don't take off. <laughs> it, it's, you know, you can't blame the judge for that. That dog took off when somebody said something that sounded like their name. You need them to listen very hard for you to say the thing that you say when you send them. So all of that stuff is in training. All of that is in training. And I, there's, I had somebody tell me, you should do a, a, a podcast on how to ha handle a test-wise dog. And that's a tough one. But a test-wise dog, and in other words, that's a dog that goes, oh, I'm at a test now, so I know what I can and cannot get away with. That is a created thing. You know, that is usually, and some dogs are smart and figure stuff out really well, of course, but it's usually because they have changing standards, you know, in their work. You know, maybe they're hunting, and when people are hunting, oh, I just hate this. And they can go on the gun, and they can do all this stuff, and they can chase. They can do, and then, oh, now we're going to run a test, so now we're going to hem them right back in again. It's far easier on the consistent performance of the dog if your standards do not change. I, I shouldn't even have to say that. So, and I'm thinking about some of the stuff my coach had told me to do, and I'm going, ugh. <laughs> I don't really, ugh. <laughs> can we do something that's either more fun or easier i don't know um on this stuff if you pay attention to these things up front if you break it down to the most simple things like every single day of our lives when you get out of the vehicle you're going to get out when i tell you and you're going to sit down i don't care whether we're hunting going hiking stopping at the local park for a walk 
or go on training or at a test. It makes no difference. You're going to do exactly the same thing, and you're going to sit down. And then I'm going to let you air yourself and take care of business, and then you're done. And I mean, and I'm going to say done. You're done going to the line. You're done when you're out there. You're done when you're coming back from a mark. You don't go again till we're completely out of that. Because when you let them, you know, well, wait a minute. I have to go air them so you know they don't have to go. And then if they're going, they're just sort of, you know, doing like if a kid was doing that to you all the time. They can just stay on business. They can. They can. And if they don't, then they have a bladder infection and you need to take them to the vet. Otherwise, we're going to do one thing while we're out here. And that's the retrieving business or the hunting business. Nothing else. So many, many things can be solved if you have that level of standard. That's not tough. That's not mean. That's not unfair. It's just keeping their mind on nothing but the work at hand. And when you do that then all of their effort is going into the work at hand. And you're not fighting a whole bunch of other things. I, I just hear that and I see that all the time. And there's a lot of pros that <laughs> come to the line in a kind of a haphazard way. And it's like, wow, oof, I'd, <laughs> I'd clean that up if I was training that dog for somebody. But anyway, that's a really nice way to at least, and there's more to this, and I'll, I'll do another series on this, another session. But that's probably the most important thing. Have your dog where there are no battles anymore about anything. We go to the line, dog's mind is on one thing only, which means yours has to be on one thing only. So you cannot have, if you're at a test and you're all not, yeah, you're worried, okay, there's two judges, and there's that one guy, and I, he was going to buy a puppy for me. I really need to impress him. And oh, and so-and-so's wa watching me. And I got, oh, no. And there's this, oh, there's little kids out in that gunning station. And you're all worried about that. That is the exact mindset your dog is probably going to have. And then you're all upset because look how they are at a test. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I wonder why. So you have to probably do more work on yourself in all of this than you do on your dog. But you want in very, as intensely focused as that animal is capable of being. You want them crystal clear on the standards that never change. And you want them to be able to mark a bird really well. Because if you're always practicing doubles and triples, I'm not sure you're developing marking so much as you're kind of teaching them how to do this big multiple thing and try to stay out of trouble. And, and, and it's much better if you have a dog that's an, an intensely good marker and you practice that more than you practice how many times you do t doubles and triples, you will find that your doubles and triples are way better when you do do them so you keep the dog where they can, but their head's not, not swinging around looking for the next one. They walk up and see multiple gunning stations out there, and whether they're a, a field champion or a, a two legs on a junior hunter, they're walking up, sitting down and going, where am I going? and have no other thoughts in their mind. That's one of the best ways. So that's some prep. It's not as fun. It's not glamorous. You can't blame other people or other situations for what's going on. It's just your preparation and your work. And I can just say that if you do that, you will absolutely, there are not, there's not a single downside to it. It's just very demanding for you. So I'm going to wrap that one up. I'm going to come back next week with the next part of this about kind of integrating complicated things together 
But don't do that until you have this part of it all just really perfect. And I wish everybody the very best of luck in this season because we're getting crunch time where everybody's getting qualified for things and getting titles, and it's a kind of an exciting time. So best of luck to you. Stay, uh, stay safe, healthy, and happy, and I'll be back next week. <laughs>